Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyons podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and blesses you. Well, I'm so thankful that you are all here um, today. As uh, most of you have heard by now, my uh, sweet baby sister Yolanda went home to be with the Lord this past Thursday night at about 10.30 p.m. And I thank you, uh, you know, my family, we've all been receiving calls and texts. And just remember to keep my, my parents in prayer, uh, as well as uh, my sister Yolanda's husband, Frank, and her children, Stephanie, Marissa, Serena, and Andrew, all adult children now, um, all young adults. But how many know it's, it's always difficult to let go of a loved one? Um, but we rejoice today as a family, and, and we'll have a service for her uh, at some point, possibly later at the end of this week. Details haven't yet been confirmed, but um, she is in eternity, amen? And uh, she's no longer in pain, and that's what brings comfort to our family and has brought comfort to each of you that have lost loved ones. Remember Wayne, who our beloved Wayne here, who we saw suffering for such a long time, who is now rejoicing in heaven, amen? Our beloved Ed Miller, how many remember Ed, and who suffered, and now who's up in heaven rejoicing? And I could go on and on. Many of you have loved ones that have gone on to be with the Lord in this last year. The last three years, as you all know, have been challenging, tremendous loss for all of us. We've had everything from COVID deaths to suicide deaths. It's just been tragic. It's really been um, a toll on all of us. But here's what we do know as believers. This isn't our home. Can I get an amen? amen? This isn't our final place, our destination. We're just passing through here. We're just passing through. And so today, I want to speak to you about the topic of this world is not our home. Say that with me. This world is not our home. And actually numbering our days to number our days. It's a topic that's obviously in my spirit right now, and it's something that the Word of God encourages us to do as believers, to number our days, to remember and recall that this isn't our home. I, I love to go camping. I haven't done enough of that recently. But when you go camping, you set up a little house, whether it's a tent, whether it's a cabin, you're there for a period of time. But how many know that's not your home? In fact, when you leave, you can't wait to get home, to sleep on a good bed, on a comfortable mattress, and so forth. And it's much the same way here in this life. Don't get too used to this world that we live in. This isn't your final home. There's more to life than just these 70 to 80 to 90 years that hopefully you all get. Some of us get less. Some of us get more. But this isn't your home. In the past three years, we've all learned this lesson, as I just mentioned, from different friends and family that have gone on and, and passed away. And you've seen the, the pain and the loss of life, unfortunately, more so than at any other time, I believe, these last three years. Let me just share, just real quickly, um, of what my, my sister endured, because I just want to give you a snapshot which has a point to this. But... For the past 14 years, she fought her fight against this rare disease called amyloidosis. 14 years ago, she was given six months to live. 
six months to live. And in that 14 years that she was diagnosed, she endured the following. She endured a stroke. She endured a heart transplant. And mind you, this was in her 40s. She was approximately 44, 45 years old when this happened. Mother of four children. And she had a bone marrow transplant. She had pneumonia multiple times, too many times to count. She had chemo treatments. She had yearly heart biopsies. She had chemo again. Toxic levels from medications, from meds, as you can imagine. And then dialysis three times a week for the last six years. And then recently, a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago, she broke her hip. And so I say that to say this, that she went through all of those struggles in her life and was a strong believer and a warrior for the Lord and never once complained. Think about your life and you're complaining? This woman here was an example to my family, to each of us that knew her. We have no reason to complain. Amen? Can I get an amen on that? I tell you this because even though all this was happening to her, she knew that one day she would be spending eternity with her Savior. In fact, if you ever had a chance to talk to her, she would tell you that. She loved her Jesus and she loved to worship. She'd be the first person up. And there's, there's two people that I can recall that just loved to worship God in my life. The number one first person was my grandma Clementina. She loved to worship at an altar of God. If you are related to her, you know what I'm talking about. And my sister Yolanda is, was just like her because they were both similar in stature. Yolanda was the tiniest one of my siblings, but the strongest one of us all by far. I doubt that any one of my siblings, including me, could have handled anything close to what she endured. We all would have checked out and said, Lord, take me now. I mean, I'm serious. We would have done that a long time ago, but she didn't. She never complained. She had trust in her Savior because she knew that this wasn't her, tempor this wasn't her home. This was a temporary place and that she was on her way to a place where now she's running in fields with her long hair. At one time, she had hair almost down to her ankles. I mean, I'm serious. Move over, Crystal Gale. She was out there with that type of hair, and she's running out there now and uh, enjoying life, pain-free. That brings comfort to the family to know that. Yolanda knew that life was precious. So I want to invite you as we touch on this subject of this world is not our home. I want to have you turn to Psalm chapter 90, if you have your Bibles. Psalm chapter 90 and verse 12. There's two scriptures I want to look at in the book of Psalms. They'll be up on the screen for you as well. Also, we want to welcome those that are watching us online on Facebook. Uh, welcome to all those watching online. But Psalm chapter 90 and verse 12 says the following. So teach us to number our days that we may be present, that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. Let me say that again. So teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. The next companion scripture I'd like for you to read is found in Psalms chapter 39 and verse 4. Psalms 39 and verse 4. And the word of God says this, Show me, Lord, my life's end, 
and the number of my days, let me know how fleeting my life is. Amen. Let me, let me pray one last time. Heavenly Father, I pray for the remainder of this, uh, this day, Lord, that, you're anointing, that, you're understand, that you would give us understanding to receive today from your word. And I thank you for your precious love toward each of your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let me ask you a question. How many of you would like to know the exact date of the time that you leave this earth? Anybody here would like to know that date? Probably none of us. That's probably the last thing you want to know. Because you don't want to know how, you know, how soon that is, what mortality is like. And we all, you know what the truth is, today we woke up one day closer to that date. Amen. Amen. And my mom and dad are here today, so um, let's give them a big hand today. But having asked that question about knowing the exact date, let me ask you a follow-up question. If you knew it, would it make a difference? Because I want to tell you this, it shouldn't. If you knew the day if, that you had six months to live or a year to live, it shouldn't make a difference to how you live your life today. My point is, you need to be enjoying and truly living your life to the fullest. Amen? You shouldn't just be going through the motions of going through one day and today looks just like yesterday and yesterday looked like the day before. And No. God didn't just put you on this planet just to exist. He put you on this planet to live. Amen? And my sister Yolanda lived. She, she lived a life. So I, I believe that we can get caught up just, especially in these last three years, of just surviving. And I've preached this message here a, a few years back. But today, it's just a little bit different in my spirit how I want to share it. But uh, I believe we can just get caught up in surviving especially these last three years. I don't want to get that COVID thing, and, and I don't want to you know, do this or do that or go here or go there, and you're just surviving, it seems like, and you're not living. Finally, it looks like we're starting to live again, right? I remember the fact that you know, during these times, instead of being blessed, you're stressed. And, and that leads me to a friend of mine, uh, a friend of ours, Ruben knows who I'm talking about, Tony, used to wear a hat, and it said, too blessed to be stressed. Are you living your life like this? Are you living your life too blessed to be stressed? Because really that's what God's intention is for all of us, that we should be blessed. I love that, but how many of us live like that? How many of us can walk around every day and say, I'm blessed? I am blessed. It should be each of you, no matter what comes your way, no matter what trials come your way. You still woke up today, didn't you? You're still breathing today, aren't you? Sound mind, sound body. You drove up in a vehicle. I didn't see any horse carriages out there or horses or anybody hitchhiking. God forbid you hitchhike <laughs> nowadays. You know, one of the things that we appreciate as we get older is the appreciation of life. I was talking to someone here before service, how, why is it that it takes years and years of years of life to truly appreciate life? Why can't we learn to do that when we're 18, right? All of us, I think, would agree if we could go back and speak to that 18-year-old that we were, 
we would have a different attitude, wouldn't we? Raise your hand if you think that that would be you. I think that would be all of us. It doesn't mean that that 18-year-old doesn't understand, but truly they haven't experienced life's trials, life's challenges. And, and don't worry, they'll get there. All of you that are under the age of 26, 27, you're going to find out. You're going you're gonna to enjoy the challenges that come your way. But as we get older, what happens is we learn to appreciate life for what it is. And Yolanda was like that as well. She appreciated her life because she knew that she wasn't going to have 80 years like everybody else thinks they're going to have. And again, none of us have tomorrow promise. Not a one of us. Not one of us. Just because you have not been diagnosed with a rare blood disease doesn't mean that you're going to be here till you're 100 years old. There's no way you can count on life like that. You have in your possession, hopefully, this little card. Uh, if you don't have one, raise your hand. One will be passed out to you. Uh, there's, a couple, there's a couple of hands out here. If we can pass some out, thank you. Keep your hands raised if you don't have one, and one will be passed out to you. We're passing them out here in the front. All right. Thank you. This is called TIME. And so I've broken it down, the acronym, T is for treasure, I is for invest, M is for manage, E is for enjoy. This is what I want to speak to you on in terms of your life, of learning how to value the minutes you have, the days you have, the time you have on this earth. Because one day is coming, and let me assure you, one day is coming when that family member that you're sitting next to will no longer be here. That's just the reality of life. And the sad thing is, as I mentioned, we wait too often to truly appreciate that, to appreciate those moments, to treasure them, amen? And I'm gonna start with that first word, T for treasure. The word of God states that he knows how many hairs we have on our head, or how many hairs we don't have on our head. If my brother-in-law was here, Martin. As well as how many days we each have given on this earth. He knows exactly the number of hairs, including those that you saw in your bathtub shower this morning as you took a bath or shower. He knows how many hairs you have on your head and the number of days you have left on this earth. As I asked you earlier at the outset, how many want to know when that day is? None of us want to know. It's just a, an eerie thought to know this day will be my last day here. It's an eerie thought to think that. But my challenge to you today, again, is how are you living your life on this earth, knowing that this earth is not your home? Are you waiting for something? And what is it that you're waiting for? Come on. What are you waiting for? Let me read to you another scripture found in Psalm chapter 139, verses 13 and 14. Psalm 139. Beautiful pair of verses here. The NIV version, it says it this way, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, I know that full well. 
Amen. God is the creator of all life. God is your creator. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And he made you to live in this world, but not to exist here forever. He's bringing you back at some point to be with him. That's what we have to understand. Don't get too attached to this world and the things of this world. Because your home is not here in this place. Your home is in another place. Jesus said, some of his last words that he said was, I go to prepare a place for you. Do you believe him? Do you trust that? He went to go prepare a place for you. Amen. Each day is a gift. Can I get an amen on that? Again, if only each of us to have gray hair, and those that color your hair, I'm not going to look at you. If only we could have appreciated that when we were younger. How each day is a gift that precious God Almighty gives to each of us. What would our, wor would our words have been different? Our responses to, to, to our parents when we were younger. To our siblings when we were younger. Would they have been different? Probably. But we need to learn how to treasure the life we've been given. You only have one life. There's no do-overs. There's no, no do-overs. This is life. What are you doing with it? Amen? And let me just throw this in here too. Don't allow pettiness to destroy your day. I always tell my daughters... Don't allow one person of almost 8 billion on this earth to ruin your day. You're empowering them. You've given them way too much power. Don't allow pettiness to destroy your day because how often do we allow somebody or a circumstance to ruin our day? Pettiness I'm talking about. Treasure the day. Re reflect on not the pettiness or the circumstance, but reflect on, Lord, I'm so thankful that you gave Yolanda 59 years of life. Wonderful memories with not only each of us, but with her family, her siblings, her, her, her children, her husband, and us as well. Lord, thank you for, you insert your age, 39 years of age, and all the wonderful things that you've done in my life, all the wonderful trips I've taken, all the wonderful times I've spent with my family. Treasure life, amen? Treasure life. The heavenly, our Heavenly Father wants to bless you every day, but it starts with you learning to treasure what He's given you. The I will be for invest, the I in time. Invest. When someone invests in something, they're expecting a return. Exactly. ROI. Those of you that take business, return on investment. Um, so my 401k is in a stock, partial stocks, just like some of you. And so you're expecting a return. And the last few months, I don't want to even look at it because it's not good. But it's not in there for a short time. It's in there for a long term. But you're expecting a return on your investment. Amen? One day that will be a blessing to my family in the future. The question I have for you today is what kind of investments are you making in your life? with your family, with your children, your grandchildren, 
maybe even with your coworkers, or maybe even here at church, what kind of investment are you making? You see, God's given us these opportunities. These are God-given opportunities for you, sir, you, ma'am, to invest in your children, your grandchildren, your grandbabies. Leave them the legacy that you've been gifted. Amen? And you shall see the investment on your, you shall see the return on your investment in time. I know all of us want to see that investment right now. We want to see it yesterday, but it doesn't work that way. Investments take time to give you a return. That's just the way it works. And here's the thing I would also tell you. If you invest foolishly, in other words, if you're spending your resources, your time foolishly, you shall reap the same. You will reap foolishly. In other words, you might end up bankrupt. You might end up, I, I mean... You get the picture. But if you invest wisely, you will reap wisely. Matthew, the book of Matthew, Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6 and verse 20. It's a wonderful scripture, a wonderful reminder of how the Lord wants us to invest in, in our lives here. This one verse says, But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. In other words, what are you investing in here spiritually? Not, not just here in this church, but with your family, with your loved ones. What are you investing in spiritually that's going to last forever? Because one thing I've never seen, I've never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul. Never. You can't take it with you. Amen. Whatever you have, you can't take it with you. So store up riches here, spiritual riches that will increase in heaven. That you can be able to say, it's because this was begun in my life, and now I see the fruit of it in my grandchildren, in my children's children, in my children's children's children, and on and on and on. Amen. Let's go to the next letter. The M in time would be manage. Do you know that the Bible tells us that we as believers are stewards, stewards or managers? Anybody ever wanted to be a manager? You are now. You're a manager. If you're a believer in Christ, you are a manager. A manager of what? Manager of your life, of the things that God has entrusted to you. See, every one of us here are on different levels of economic, um, social strata. We're all on different levels. But God has gifted you, and he's asked you to manage that, to be a good steward, amen, to be a wise steward. Let me read to you this quote here. Therefore, stewardship expresses our obedience regarding everything God has placed under our control. Stewardship is the commitment of oneself and possessions to God's service, recognizing that we do not have the right of control over our property or ourselves. It's really saying, Lord, you're in charge, and I'm, Lord, take the wheel. That's what it's saying. But how many know people that say, oh, no, I'm in charge? <laughs> we all do, 
right? Maybe that was you before. And that'll get you into trouble until you fully give your heart to the Lord and say, Lord, you take over. It's not working for me the way I'm doing life. And at some point you have to say, Lord, I want to be the right administrator, the right manager, the right steward. And that's, that takes you saying, Lord, you take control. You take over. And in order to accomplish this, we need wisdom in our world. How many agree with me? We need wisdom like never before. You know, the Bible says that you have not because you ask not. Let me read to you a scripture in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16 talking about how to live your life. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men or women, but as wise, making the most of your time. Be careful how you walk. How are you walking? How's your walk? I'm talking about your spiritual walk. How are you walking? And only you can answer that. When you look in that mirror, what is that person telling you? What is that person saying back to you? Not as unwise men, but as wise. Well, Pastor Ray, I don't have wisdom. I, I, I've never faced a situation like that. Well, I ask God to give you wisdom. And guess what? He will happily give you that wisdom. The, the Bible says that our Father gives you good gifts. But we have to ask Him, Amen. He, he that asks will receive. He that doesn't, doesn't reap because they won't have it. So we need to ask for wisdom. The Word of God instructs us to ask for wisdom. And in that place, managing also means making tough life choices. Sometimes it makes, you have to make tough choices around you as a manager, as an administrator, as a steward, you have to make tough choices, sacrifices sometimes. But most importantly, it means I am to manage my life in light of God's Word. What is God's Word telling me? Because that's how I should manage my life. Amen? And then the last letter in the word time is E for enjoy. Enjoy. Do you know that God wants you to truly enjoy your life? And, I, and as I think back, and my family would agree with me, that my sister Yolanda knew how to enjoy life. She didn't allow the circumstances of her life to prevent her from enjoying her life. She, I mean, I could sit here, stand here all day and tell you the trip she made, Yosemite, uh, the Grand Canyon, Disneyland, I mean, on and on and on with her family, in spite of everything I read to you that she endured. She enjoyed life. So what's preventing you and I from enjoying life? Have you ever heard people say, oh, life sucks? You know, I mean, we've, we've heard that. Maybe we've even said that or uttered that. God forbid. But we have to learn. Sometimes you have to be less serious, take yourself less seriously. Amen? You need to learn to laugh at yourself. And the things that normally frustrate you, laugh at them. You hit your thumb with a hammer and you miss that nail, don't yell. Just start laughing and say, that was so stupid. And you just start laughing. We all do things like that. Don't take yourself so seriously. Learn to laugh. 
Remember that God loves you always. You're not perfect, and he knows it. And he still loves you, and he still enjoys you, and he still wants you to enjoy your life. Amen? He knows everything about you, good and bad, and he loves you. We all have things in us, around us, that need to change. That's true. And that's going to be true all the way until the day we pass because we're not perfect. All of us have things. My parents, as godly as they are, as godly as they are, have things in their life that they need to change. And they know that. But God still loves them. God still adores them. Because why? You are a child of the king. Amen. Each of you are a child of the king. He wants you to enjoy your life. Now, I would also tell you this. Just be careful and don't do it as the world would tell you. YOLO. You know what that means, right? You only live once. Well, don't go out with the attitude of, well, I only live once, so I'm going to go for it. Because usually that means doing something risky and stupid. That's what that means. You got to be careful when the world tells you, YOLO, you only live once, or live every day like it's your last. That can get you into a lot of trouble right there. Someone might have to bail you out if you live like that. Or carp diem, which in Latin means seize the day. Again, it could get you into trouble. All great sayings, wonderful sayings for the most part. Or the last one, oh, just do what makes you happy. And a lot of people do that in this world. They just do what makes them happy. And God is completely out of the picture because they're just doing what makes them happy. And don't forget, that's not what God put you on this earth for. Amen? Be careful and don't do it as the world would tell you. See, the problem with having those viewpoints, those mottos I just described is that it teaches you to pursue your dreams, your goals, to to go for it, to don't hold back at the expense of God, to leave God out of it, though. Uh, I'm all for higher education. I tell my kids all the time, pursue your education. Go as far as you can. You want your bachelor's, get it. You want your master's, get it. You want your PhD, get it. But don't do it at the expense of God. Put God first. And believe me, all of a sudden, he starts making things happen. He starts giving you uh, all these possibilities, and things open up, doors open up. How many have seen that in your life? When you put God number one, God opens doors that no man can open. Amen? An author once said the following, The value of life lies not in the length of days, but in the use we make of them. And I just want to throw that out there. How are you using your days? How are you, are you impacting those around you spiritually? Are you leaving a legacy of some sort? Will they be able to say, that was a sweet, sweet person? Like they, everybody I've ever heard about my sister, Yolanda, has said that about her, that knew her, because that's who she was. Her family would tell you that as well, the, those that knew her. And lived with her. Psalm chapter 16. This is the last scripture I have for you today. But Psalm 
chapter 16. There's three verses I want to read. Verse 8, 9, and 11. We'll skip to 11. But starting in verse 8, it says, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure. And verse 11, you make known to me the path of life and you will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Amen. That's what the Lord wants to give each of you. Eternal pleasures forevermore. Let's not just live for the here and now. Because there's much more beyond this. This is only if you live the average life 80 plus years. If you exceed that, you're highly blessed. If you, if you live here 80 years, that's not even a blink in eternity. Think about that. Eternity is forever. This life is so short. It's quick, and then it's over. A reminder again, this world is not our home. And today, we're one day closer to that, all of us here, regardless of age, regardless of color, gender. We're one day closer to that. How are you going to manage your life? How are you going to spend your time here on this earth that God has given you? That life he gave you, he didn't give to anybody else. You have influence on people and lives that nobody else does in this room. How are you managing that? How are you going to live for God? Amen? You know who I truly feel sorry for? And I'm getting ready to close. You know who I truly feel sorry for? It's for those that don't believe in the reality of a heaven or a hell. You see, they're in for a very rude awakening one day. There will be a day, because the Bible says that every knee, everybody say every knee, shall bow to the glory of God the Father. Amen? Every knee shall bow. And the thing is, we're going to spend eternity somewhere. As believers, you have a place called eternity. But the, to the unbeliever, they're in for a very rude awakening. And I often tell unbelievers this when we have this discussion. I tell them this. It's like, hey, listen, at the end of my life, if I'm wrong and I've invested my life in church and going to church and reading the word, I lose nothing. But if you're wrong, you lose everything. Everything. Now, it's not a guessing game for the unbeliever. They possibly, ah, you don't know. For us, it's not a guessing game because God gives us his assurance through his word and through his spirit that speaks to our soul and gives you that assurance that you are his child, that you are his beloved, that you are loved, amen, that you have been given a life to live here. This world is not our home. Would you stand with me as we close today? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that this world is not our home. The Lord gives us that assurance. He gave Yolanda that assurance as well. And just as my mom has expressed, she is now running in heaven with her long flowing hair.
in a field somewhere right now, running pain-free for the very first time in years and years. She had that assurance. How about you today? Do you have that assurance? Are you sitting here, standing here today? I'm not sure, Pastor Rick. I, I don't know. Well, why don't we just take care of that today? We can do that. You know, it's that simple. God isn't somebody that tortures you. He says you have to do this, do that, and then, and then go here and go there. He says, come to me right now. Come to me right now. And he gives you eternal life right now, here in this place. Just bow your heads with me at this time. This world is not our home. Lord, we know that. We're only passing through. And Lord, one day, and we know today we're one day closer, but one day we will spend eternity. And my hope today as your pastor is that that day would be in heaven, that your, your last breath here would be your first breath in eternity. So Lord, today, with our heads bowed, as we look internally and we say, Lord, there may be someone here today, I'm speaking to someone, you're not sure. You're not sure where you're going to be. All you know is that you do love God, but you want to be sure that you'll spend eternity in heaven. It's very simple. It's laid out in the book of Romans, so simple. The book of Romans chapter 3 says, all have sinned. Romans chapter 3, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans chapter 6, the wages of sin is death. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 13, that if you confess your sins to the Lord and believe on Him, you shall be saved. It's that simple. It starts with confession as we, as I uttered that first verse earlier when I began, 1 John chapter 1, verse 8. Confess your sins and He is just and able to forgive you of your sins. Amen? So say this prayer with me. Believe it in your heart this afternoon. Heavenly Father, I come before you right now. I am an imperfect person in need of a perfect God. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of all my wrongdoings. And I invite you into my life that you would be my Savior, my Master, from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Look at me, church. Uh, my point is not to single you out, but if you said that prayer, and you weren't sure, but if you said that prayer, the Bible says that angels throw a party in heaven over one sinner that comes to the Lord. I will tell you this. If that was you, just let me know later. Let me know. Let me know. Because you got to also declare it. you got to stand before the Lord and say, I am his child. 
I trust in him. Amen. Lord, we love you today, and we thank you, Father. Heaven is waiting for each of us. Heaven is a reality. This earth is not our home. Lord, we long to be with you, long to see our loved ones. I have a sister, a grandma, aunts, uncles, a son. I have many, many loved ones, just like each of you. And one day we shall see them and rejoice with them again. It's not goodbye, it's just see you later. So live, this, live on this earth in terms of eternity. What are you doing here on this earth? Church, let's learn to live in this place the few short years we have on this earth to make an impact. Use that card that I gave you and use your time wisely to treasure, invest, manage, and enjoy your time here on this earth. Lord, we love you. We thank you again. Now we close today with the blessing that we give here in every service. Church, if I would just ask you one more time to just raise your hands with me one more time. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Supernatural peace. Peace that passes all understanding. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, be sure to check out our Facebook page at Foothill Christian American Canyon.